Right. Welcome back to another episode of Curious Connecticut. Hi, everybody. Hello. How you doing, Vic? Um, you know, it's a Wednesday. Have you picked up any new hobbies to keep you busy? Yeah, actually, I I did. I started um a Depop store to try to make a little bit of cash. A what? A a, a Depop store. Is my hair blocking the microphone because I I hear it? But I have um, no idea. What's a Depop store? It's like I don't know. You just you just sell your clothes. I don't know. We don't we don't have to include this in the episode. <laughs> okay. We we don't. Um, I don't know. I've been um, driving around, putting the miles on. Oh, I went hiking. Where did this, you go we hiking? Can, we can include this in the episode. Okay. So I went hiking um, two places recently, actually. One was the Metacomet Trail in Simsbury, and the other place I went was the White Woods in Litchfield. We walked to Bantam Lake. And both Bantam places Lake. were really beautiful. Yeah, Bantam Lake. It was it was nice because you know Trinity Bantams Bantam Lake. I figured gotta a, gotta it's snap an a pic to go. You have to. Do you see anything yeah. spooky while you were there? Um, no. But up in Litchfield, we de- we did see um some old like it looked like remnants of an old railroad track, and then also like possibly an old foundation of a house. That's super cool. Yeah, but to be honest, the spookiest thing was losing cell reception. Because <laughs> then we couldn't, because we couldn't navigate back home. Yeah, but it's terrifying. okay. We we figured it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm also spending most of my time going to haunted places since no one's going to go to an abandoned building. So we thought, um, yeah, we went over. We've we've gone all over. Um, I think most recently, the scariest place I've been was um spider cemetery or friend cemetery in leicester massachusetts which i, I don't want to get into the just big the details just the name sounds scary but it's a quaker spider. cemetery from the 1700s um the ba- that how do i explain this lightly satanists use it for sacrificing people and animals and stuff um it has such a dark past and apparently it's super haunted and um terrifying and what's the name of this place again it's called friend cemetery but um the real name is spider cemetery with a y oh like the um isn't that a brand or something don't they make like those three-wheeled motorcycles yeah yeah um yeah so we went there friend cemetery yeah I don't I don't have to tell you how much I don't like Worcester. I don't know why, but I just have a I have a I have a beef with that city and driving to Leicester means you go through Worcester and the roads just don't make sense there. They're like sideways, they're not straight roads, so you have to like instead of having an intersection it looks like what's the it, Oh yeah, I do see it is near Worcester. Worcester's a mess. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of Worcester. I miss um, going to the, the crew races up there. For those of you who don't know, I row on the crew team. <laughs> just had to throw that in there. No, but no, I do miss like Worcester was always just such a great venue. 
because there was just so much I remember there just being so much room like a lot of times regattas can be really crowded but Mm. at Worcester there just seemed like I don't know there was a lot of room everything was just cheery yeah I mean I'm not saying Worcester is a bad place I just don't like being there that's Um, understandable I mean I'm like I wouldn't say any place is really a bad place but yeah there are some places I wouldn't I don't like going like uh, Waterbury the show isn't about Massachusetts, so my final point is as soon as you pass Worcester, there's nothing out there. Um, really? But I did learn that yeah, at least five empty. or six towns were flooded in Massachusetts to make the um, make a reservoir, which is like the water source for Boston, which I think is nice. really cool. So, there, so people were forced to just abandon their homesteads to have them get flooded. Nice. So there's lots of cemeteries. Anyway, have you been anywhere let's else? Let's head it's back down. Let's head back down I ninety one to our glorious state of Connecticut. Beautiful, beautiful Connecticut. Lovely. Um, have I been anywhere else interesting? Hmm. Not. Oh, actually, yes. I was going to say no, but then I remembered. The other day I decided to go for a run in a park near me because I thought, oh, like, you know, change of scenery from just running around the town. And it turns out this park was actually more of like a hiking park, and I tripped over a lot of rocks and roots. Oh, boy. But the highlight was there were some really cool old foundations that were spray painted with a lot of different graffiti, like tons Mm -hmm. of different graffiti, like layers and layers of it. And there were actually like a few kids and like some families there, like just hanging out, taking pictures by them. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. So maybe we'll talk about that place in an upcoming episode. Perhaps. What was that place? Well, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Um, (laughs) So a mystery episode coming up in the future. Mystery, yeah, for sure. So from what I remember, you also visited a abandoned mine. I mean, a, a, an abandoned mine and prison in Connecticut. Oh, yeah, right? back in March. Yes. Tell me about that. Tell me old about... Newgate, old Newgate prison. Tell me about well, you your know, thought it was, process. It was a sunny day during spring break. And, you know, everyone, everyone went home because, you know, it was spring break, but it was also quarantine. And I figured, you know, what can I do on a sunny day by myself? And I figured, yeah, I'm, I'm already in Windsor. I was in Windsor for some reason. Of course. And Granby, Granby's not that far. It's just a little bit to the east. So I figured, yeah, I'll, I'll head on over here to old Newgate prison. And I took a walk through the ruins. Um, You're not supposed to go inside the foundations. Like, it is fenced off, but Mm. there is a section where it's, like, kind of easy to crawl over the fence. So, it was was really cool, actually. Like, yeah, they don't, like, there there was absolutely no one there, which was a little, like, disconcerting. I mean, like, it was a sunny day, though. It wasn't, like, creepy at all. It was just kind of weird to be there alone. But then actually a family did show up when I was like about to leave. So yeah, it's a beautiful place for a picnic. It, it's a beautiful place for a picnic, actually. I mean, it, it does look kind of spooky, but it's really, 
on a, on a nice sunny day, they have a really great picnic area with some tables. You know, like the breeze was nice, just, just a few trees, so there's just enough shade, but not too much. You Sounds know, like a perfect high- afternoon. Yeah, it was, it's a really, a really cool place and chock full of history, if you're a history buff. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this episode of Curious Connecticut is on Old Newgate Prison in East Cranby, Connecticut. You're listening to Curious Connecticut. But um bump shh. Okay. Whoa, there's a picture of someone inside. Like Whoa. inside the prison. All right. Right now well, the museum's closed, obviously. I'm sure they closed those buildings off to prevent people tumbling to their doom in a mine shaft. Yeah, for sure. I mean I didn't stumble too deep into the um into the sketchy bits, but I just kind of walked around the foundations snapped some pics which you can view on our instagram page at curious ct podcast is it curious ct pod or curious ct podcast on uh on twitter or or instagram i'm sorry we have instagram <laughs> oops instagram instagram our instagram is curious ct podcast yes and we will post pics of our our adventures on there so old Newgate Prison. So old Newgate Prison is located in East Granby, but before East Granby existed, it was part of a town called Simsbury. Do you know where Sim- Simsbury is, Vic? Yeah, of course I know where Simsbury is. It's um right near Farmington, kinda, and Avon. It's, it's in that also area. Foreign of the state. To me. I don't but, um, know. Simsbury is a pretty nice town. They have a good school system. I remember when I was applying to colleges, my um, interviewer for one of the schools that I applied to went to Simsbury High School, and she she went to one of the top schools I applied to, which I I didn't get into that school, but I'm not I'm not gonna say the name, but <laughs> no it, no shame. Yeah. But if you you can cough say it if you want to. University of Pennsylvania. Okay, <laughs> that was a really bad. Well, coffee. moving on. That's a moving bad on. coffee. Please right don't there. Inclu- please don't include that in the episode. I'm your allergies are terrible. My allergies. Old Newgate Prison. It was so, named after the original Newgate Prison in London. Which people we don't in have Connecticut to tell you decided. about the. We don't yeah. have to tell you about the notorious nature of old uh, of Newgate Prison in London. The OG Newgate Prison. I've heard bad, that place is bad news. Yeah, I've heard some sketchy stories about it too. Every single but, like British gritty crime drama, I just always like picture a constable or a Bobby grabbing someone, saying, "Oh, you're going to Newgate Prison, bruv," and like yeah. grabbing orphans and throwing them in there. Yeah. So there, there's two separate places: Old Newgate Prison in Connecticut, and then the original Newgate Prison in London. Both of which are now just um, landmarks. They don't house prisoners anymore, thankfully. Which, thank, thankfully. And I think, <laughs> although they were not Newgate really... Prison in, um, in England is notorious, 
I think the Connecticut one has worse conditions, and we'll get into that a little later. But um, Newgate Prison wasn't actually a prison from its birth. It was made as a, as a copper mine. So a couple of residents of um, Simsbury kind of stumbled upon copper ore in the area and decided to make it a mining, um, not like colony, but like a mining group which would actually become the first copper mining company in America. So that's a little cool tidbit. Oh, wow. But um, the copper was so profitable, they actually kind of set themselves apart from Simsbury, creating their own little mini town with a, with a schoolhouse and a schoolmaster. So that, so um, East Granby or Granby, the general area was really, it really was started by the copper, I mean, industry, I guess. Like, that's kind of how the town came to be. One thing that really fasc- fascinates me about Connecticut is that Connecticut is full of firsts that... That people don't know about. People don't know about. We have, we, mm-hmm. we have a gigantic list of, th- of locations to write about and people to write about. And every time we do research on these things, I always get mind blown by all the little things that we overlooked that are like weren't ascertainable without Connecticut. Yeah. So if you're from yeah, Connecticut like, or live in Connecticut, you are charting history as you speak. Yeah. It's like the more we look into a location, the more we realize like, Oh, Connecticut's a uh, kind of important. We were kind of we were kind of something back in our heyday. Kind of a big deal. I'm from <laughs> Massachusetts, so it hurts me to say that. But Connecticut is a big deal. Yeah, but um, we were kind of a big deal. We we did have the first law school in the country. And the first uh, public telephone. Yeah, and uh, we we had the dude who created the dictionary. Of but course. anyway, back to New Game. <laughs> Moving on. Um, mm-hmm. So 1705 is when it became a mining mining town. Not like a mining town, but a mining settlement, I'd say. But mm-hmm. by 1773, the ore deposits were getting a little bit um, drained of their resources and it was really hard to really make money. So... They were all out of copper. Pretty so much. So pretend, let's role play for a bit. You're the Connecticut General Assembly, right? So you're in charge of local legislative duties of the, t- the, the state of Connecticut. What do you use an abandoned mine shaft and mining community for? Oh, I mean, let's just stick some prisoners down there. Yeah, Why let's not? just toss a couple of... of <laughs> let's turn of it into a prison. Petty criminals down there. Yep, so, so that's what they did. They turned it into a prison, not really putting much thought into it. So... Before we get into the details of Newgate Prison, let's talk about punishment before the penitentiary system, which is actually my jam. I, I love taking classes and learning about crime and punishment. But the thing is, before there were prisons and state penitentiaries, there were local jails, but they weren't used commonly. Instead, for most petty crimes, it was mostly corporal punishment. So in Connecticut, which was usually, well, they did this practice of cropping ears. So they cut off a portion of your ear and that both obviously is a hindrance to you committing crimes in the future, but also 
it also tells everybody that you you're a are, criminal. You're a criminal if you're missing a party yeah. for your ear. Also, things like whipping would happen and being burned with a hot iron. So Ah uh, yes, branded. Hmm. You know corporal punishment during this time the country is getting more and more liberal and expanding from its like Puritan views of the of New England in the early seventeen hundreds. So they're they're looking for more of a rehabilitative aspect of punishment. So the next step from cutting people's ears off is stuffing petty criminals into a mine shaft. Because they There's figure, no one... well, yeah, let's let's put them somewhere where they can think about their crimes, and maybe when they get out, they'll be better people. Something but, confined. Um, there were there were lots of holes in this logic. So, instead of building a new prison, they decided just to stuff prisoners into the caves and mines. So they weren't in like bunkhouses; they were actually tossed down the mine shaft. So there weren't, there weren't exactly cells or anything like that. They were just kind of put in there in the early no days of the prison. So the idea of an alternative way to punish people began to go towards isolating prisoners. And, and we talked about this when we um, discussed mental hospitals, that at this time in the late 1700s, it was less about changing and helping the prisoner become a better person. It was more of just separating people that were outsiders in the society away from the main gen pop. So that's what they did with this prison. So let's talk about the dimensions of the mine shaft. So three, um, three state militia or police figures, William Pitkin, Erastus Wolcott, and Jonathan Humphrey um, went to the mines in 1773 and found that there were only two mine shafts. It wasn't a big mine. It was a small copper mine. Um, oh, yeah. And even if you go today, you can, you can tell the size of it. You would think, like, wow, I can't believe this place really, like, at one point held, I think, 50 prisoners. It's a, it's a pretty small, small place. So there were two mine shafts. One was 25 feet deep. But, and it had its own ladder. And then next to it was a 67 feet deep mine shaft used to pull the ore out of it. Yeah, so, and I mean, a mine shaft, like thinking about the way it's built, it's not really the most effective use of space either. It's not like you can really just like stack people on top of each other. So these three men bought the mining lease from these from from the original group of people that were mining there and put an iron gate out front and decided let's get our first prisoner and the thing about that is i mean in pop culture when they t- discuss prisoners in this early time in our american history you're just like you're gonna go break rocks and sing sing you know what i mean doing manual labor and that's what they thought would be best for them is want to make a quick buck off of these guys while we have them in confinement so in seventeen, which um, still goes on today. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> don't get me started. Um, Oops, 
my cough slipped. Oh yeah, my these allergies, Vic. I don't even know what's going on. I'm gonna take a drip of <laughs> drink of my seltzer water. Yeah. yeah. But that's another topic that's for another. A, that's another day. story. That's a whole other realm. I think the scariest part is the development of the prison took less than a year to make it a prison. They just slapped an iron gate out front and you're ready to go. Yeah, I mean, when you it's really not much of a development at all. It's not like they added any buildings or construction or anything. They just used what was already existing and thought, yeah, we're going to repurpose it. So the story of the first prisoner of Old Newgate Prison is kind of a weird one. It's a strange story. So the first prisoner was put into the mine shaft in 1773. His name was John Hinson. And he was sentenced to 10 years in confinement for burglary, which, depending on who you ask, seems like a lot of time. But well, the, I mean, but depending t- on what he burgled. It depends on what he stole. Burgled? Is that, is that Bur- the... Yeah, burglars? I don't... <laughs> burgled is no word. Never mind. Forgive me. Depends on what he took, which is... Who knows what he took? But in 1773 in December, they lowered him down into the mine. You, you know, he stayed only for 18 days. He escaped after 18 days of being inside the prison because what happens is mine shafts are connected and there are two mine shafts. And they decided it was a good idea to put a gate on top of the first mine shaft and forgot that the mine shaft next to it wasn't gated. So he was just lifted out of the second mine shaft through a rope. So John Hinston, the first prisoner, stayed for only 18 days in that prison because the three men that ran the penitentiary did not realize that mine shafts are connected to each other for safety reasons. Yeah, so, they thought, okay, like it, there's, t- there's holes in the ground. This is a great place to put prisoners. But really, so the, like, only- the prison basically came with its own escape route. They didn't. They didn't think it through well. So, like a like an early cartoon, John Henson was pulled out through another mine shaft with a rope. <laughs> so they only had one prisoner, and they lost him in eighteen days. Yay! Effective prison. And then they decided that they should actually have night staff to guard the prisoners at night. So apparently they, did not ha- j- they didn't have anyone watching the prisoners at night for a good couple years. Which... Well, they figured, like, they're in the ground. How are they going to escape? Because <laughs> yeah, they forgot that there was the built-in escape route. So as long as you have a long enough rope, it was pretty easy to escape from the prison since no one was down in the mine shaft with you. Um, The thing about Newgate Prison is that prisons normally nowadays are, prisoners are separated by what their crime was. I mean, the most violent prisoners are going to be with the most violent prisoners. Yet you wouldn't put like a serial killer next to someone who committed insider trading. But Newgate Prison, in its revolutionary way, didn't really care about separating prisoners. They weren't, they weren't crimist. They just put the murderers next to the robbers, next to the thieves, next to regular people. To be fair, it was one of the first prisons in the country and the oldest 
prison, the first prison in Connecticut. So they didn't really know exactly what they were doing. I mean, like, they had some idea. They kind of modeled it after England's prisons. But really, this was a new concept. They were, it was a new, a whole new idea. That's the one thing I'm saying. Because they, so they kept, like, the murderers and thieves in there. But they also put It wasn't very organized. They took loyalists during the Revolutionary War and put them down there too. So these people weren't like criminals of any kind. They just didn't support the Revolutionary government. So you'd have like regular people, like regular farmers and... um, They were anti-America. They were just anti-whatever America was at the time. (laughs) They were anti-America. They were anti-America. These people were, were just as bad. So they were all kept in a one big mine shaft. Yeah, so there were some organizational issues. And one fun tidbit is um, during the Revolutionary War, British ships were used as prisons. So you, if you were a prisoner of war during the Revolutionary War on the American side, the British would put you in a prison ship off the coast of New York City, Boston. Hmm. Prison ships were all over the country off the coast. The poor treatment that the loyalists received at the at the at Newgate prison might be as a result for the poor treatment that American soldiers got during the Revolutionary War. So they were treating these people badly on purpose as like a retribution factor. Yeah, and I mean that that does kind of make sense when you think about the context of the Revolutionary War and how how really like divided people were it and on the other way like, around oh, you're loyalists we can still be friends it was really like oh no the newgate prison treated their the loyalist prisoners so bad the prison ships the british prison ships um reciprocated that lack of care for the prisoners so they kind of just built off of each other with like how nasty they got really after the war the prison officials decided to put a fence outside the prison. Oh. <laughs> so they for put added a, security or for added security, they put a picket fence. Um that's around 200 feet by 200 feet, a little less than that. Around and then put a big wooden building around it in 1790. Then they added a 12-foot stone wall. Which is still there today and has some very interesting graffiti on it. If yeah, you go so check that out. What, what really separates the prison is that they didn't have walls for a good long time. So escaping would be fairly easy. Um, so there were actually five acres that surrounded the prison. So it would be really easy to climb out of the mine shaft and, shaft and disappear into the night. Yeah, I mean, but the area surrounding the prison today now is actually known as the Metacomet Trail. Oh. And you can you can see a whole bird's eye view of the prison by hiking that trail. So, I mean, you could really, like, it's still pretty woodsy. And I'm sure it was not any more developed, probably way less developed back in the day. So, as the years continued, in around 1820s, well, in the 1820s and early 1800s, the prisoners were given treated slightly better than before so they were allowed to work in different jobs building barrels they had a shoe shop um, a kitchen a wagon a machine shop so they had other tasks besides breaking rocks 
but in the early days, the inmates were mining copper. Hmm. Prison labor. Prison labor, but shortly after giving the prisoners pickaxes, shovels, and other sharp tools, they decided that was also a terrible idea. <laughs> re- yeah. And also, not if much you, thought went into that. If you, if you give prisoners digging equipment in the place they, they live, they will dig. They will dig their way out. Yeah. Especially if there is a way out. And there was. Prisoners had a They knew they could dig the way out. They even had a treadmill. And this treadmill will be used to crush grain. So around 22 men would run next to each other in a circle to crush the grain. Hmm. Sounds like a workout. The mines had terrible conditions. As you can imagine, you're in a mine shaft. So water would flood when it rained. There was no yeah. there was no air circulation, as you can imagine. So people would breathe in the dirt and dust particles. As quoted by one of the, a former prisoner named William Stewart in 1854, he st- said that the Newgate prison was like an army of fleas, lice, and bag bugs. They covered every inch of the floor, which is covered in five inches of slippery, stinking filth. Ew. So that quote speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, kind of reminds me of when I was learning about World War One, and they were down in the in the trenches. In the trenches. They didn't have they didn't have bathrooms, and you couldn't go up. You just kind of had to, you had to dig go down. where you were and stay. Yeah, just kind of stay in your little I, underground hole. I can't imagine. And it's scary that this was the first state prison in America. Yeah. Yeah, The really the first like state-run official sort of prison. The Here. funniest part is that the officials that ran it believed that the building was the whole prison was escape proof and that the bad <laughs> conditions were a deterrent of crime. So there's this whole political thought that if you treat prisoners really badly, that will scare off other prisoners and people who might make it commit a crime. Cause if, if there's a penalty for stealing watermelons, um, you cut off someone's pinky toe. It'll scare people from doing that. Cause people want to keep their pinky yeah. toe. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Presumably. Um, so the prison was quote fingers you can't see me but I'm doing quote fingers escape proof which was definitely not the case yeah as we already mentioned they're basically built in escape routes as it was a mine and plus they gave them extra tools for digging yeah there were a lot of fatal deaths that happened in the prison so, there were a lot of mine cave-ins. Because mining is dangerous work. You know what I mean? And when you live yeah, definitely. and work in the same area, it gets a little testy. And there were quite a many riots. So, in 1806, there was a riot of 30 men. And in 1823, there was a riot of 100 prisoners. 
they were all crammed in these terrible conditions. So two prisoners were shot. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. In 1827, in the last year of the prison being open, a prisoner named Abel Starkley died while trying to escape. So he tried to climb a rope out of the prison through a well, but apparently the rope broke and he fell to his death. Not pleasant. No. But I guess it beats being burned alive. Or having I don't your know. Ear cut Just off. my opinion. Huh? Or having your ears. Yeah, cut true. Off. True. Well, I don't know about that. After it was opened as another mine. So it was used as a mine after being in prison. And imagine being the people that bought the mine after it being in prison. Oh, just like climbing oh down, be the like, mess this they is would the... have to clean up. Exactly. I don't. I. I'm guessing because of the um. The conditions before, the the officials really didn't care about how it looked when they left, as they didn't care how it was when they got there. Hmm. Mm. I mean, we did. We talked a lot about um, and you can move this section. We talked a lot about the conditions of the prison but we didn't talk about really the action that those conditions spurred and i mean because it was such a like a really not great place to you know be a prisoner that did spark um prison reform advocates and a lot of people yeah a lot of people saw the conditions as being inhumane and that's really why the new state prison was constructed in Weathersfield because these advocates protested against the inhumane conditions at Newgate. It was so bad they actually called the prison hell. Oh. The prisoners would call it hell. Yeah. In eighteen twenty seven the prison closed because even though it would technically be a prison, it wasn't making money. And it wasn't really big enough to really house people. So they closed the prison in 1827 and they moved the inmates to Weathersfield State Prison that was built years before. Which no longer exists today, I'm pretty no, sure. I wonder where no the, the site of it was. <laughs> Fun fact, now Weathersfield Prison is a park. Oh, wow. Hmm. So... After 54 years as a prison, which I think is a really short time to be a penitentiary, most of them, all the famous ones in America have been there for like 200, 300 years. But in the early days of it being a tourist attraction after it being closed, the, the tourist company would actually give people candles to wander around the, the, the caves. That sounds like a great idea. Wow. And, the, and the whole area became more of a tourist attraction. So they even had like animals in the area, like a caged bear. 
cars, war memorabilia. There was a time where they actually built a cell block, a building, like an actual prison cell block that was actually four stories tall. And that burned down in 1904. Hmm. And the building where the guards used to live was turned into a dance hall. But in 1973, the, the NPS designated the area as a national landmark. Yeah, I mean, it is historically significant. It was the first prison of its kind in the country. And even though there were some, you know, not well thought out ideas that went into it, it served its purpose, albeit not perfectly. Not perfectly for the short time period that it it did exist and being the first prison first state prison in america exactly so yeah it (laughs) funny they they the first prison ever was also notoriously easy to escape from that really wraps it up that's all we have it's it's a great place to visit a lot of cool history. You can go walk around the sites. Online, they have pictures comparing like what it looked like back in the day. Here's an, an image from 1895 posted right next to the same scene in 2018. So that's really cool to see next to each other and maybe go out and visit for yourself if you have the time or just want to get some fresh air. Make sure to check our social media to see pictures from these locations. Yeah. You can find us at Curious CT Podcast on Instagram. That's where we post most of our photos. Awesome. Fun fact. Um, I don't know if Amos Pillsbury is related to uh, the Pillsbury Doe people, but he was a warden of the Weathersfield State Prison. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Nearby Unrelated, in but... Windsor. One of the first female serial killers is actually down there. Yes, in and the she she was um she was a prisoner of the Weathersfield State Prison. I really? saw her under the notable. Yeah, she was under. She's a, listed under notable inmates. We'll be sure to have an episode on her. Amy Archer Gilligan. Up next is an episode on the Windsor Murder Factory, as it's affectionately called. Yeah, and um, Connecticut was no stranger to serial killers. There was another female serial killer. Seems like Connecticut really pushes the envelope for female serial killers. Yeah, paving paving the way for um for women women in career, all different types of careers. Really, if, put if you can call it that. Bridge. <laughs> all right, you've been listening to Curious Connecticut. episode was written, performed, and produced by Victoria Asphalt and Maxwell Nordeman. A big thank you to Mary Mahoney, and a big thank you to Brooke Agro for her, her logo design. You've been listening to Curious Connecticut. Oh,